So we are here at the High Point Barbershop, second location, Scott's Edition, with Mr. David Foster, heretofore referenced as Foster. Um, this is the All Things Richmond podcast. Uh, this podcast focuses on interesting people doing interesting things in Richmond. Uh, people have the finger on the pulse of Richmond. And uh, I think at High Point Barbershop, you guys kind of define that, I think, the heartbeat of Richmond. So um, let's jump right into it. So uh, Mr. Foster, where did you grow up? Mr. Duke. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in northeastern Pennsylvania. I was born in Pottsville, which is the home of Yingling Brewery, mm-hmm. and I was raised in Wilkes-Barre, which okay. is closest to Scranton, which most people would know as um, the, the home office. of the office. Sure, yeah, Dunder yeah. Mifflin. Michael Scott. Yeah. Yeah, it's my uncle. Yeah. Not really. <laughs> he likes, likes paper, like Michael Scott. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you were, grew up in Pennsylvania, and somehow you found your way to Richmond. How did that happen, and when was that? Um, so I grew up in punk rock and hardcore music and skateboarding. Mm -hmm. And as I got older, I joined a few bands and those bands had the opportunity to travel. And one of the places that we traveled to was Richmond, Virginia. Um, we would play shows at, um, Alley Cats, um, 929, Strange Matter, um, Nancy Reagan Twisters. And through that, I made friends with a group of guys and people in Richmond that were kind of into the same thing I was into. Mm-hmm. So as I got older and was ready to kind of spread my wings and get out of the Valley of Pennsylvania, um, Richmond called to me. Now it was 2006-ish? Yeah, 2006. I actually moved from Los Angeles, uh, tried that out for a year. It wasn't for me. I'm an East mm-hmm. Coast guy. And uh, my friends got me a job selling cell phones um, through a small franchise of like an authorized retailer for Verizon. Mm-hmm. So that brought me to Richmond. Right. And so from 2006 to 2014, you sold cell phones. What else did you do in between getting to Richmond and starting the barbershop? Uh, tried to sell mortgages for six months. Mm-hmm. Um, I took um, water testing. Mm-hmm. I was a field sampler for an environmental laboratory. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did construction a little bit, I think, at one point. I mm-hmm. did. Uh, I bounced. I worked the door at New York Deli and Sticky Rice. Nice. Um, and then I played in a band that toured... Um, full-time I toured all over the world I actually completely forgot about that but 2008 right. I literally was I was gone I had a house that I lived in on Elwood but I was never home and what was the name of that band blacklisted blacklisted yeah, okay blacklisted. traveled all over the world Europe, yeah everywhere I went to Europe Australia Japan New Zealand um, all over the US probably three times that year so right. it was it was a busy year and I was broke at the end of it <laughs> <laughs> so how does that background lead into starting a barbershop in 2014? Um, After that year of touring, actually, I had like a a come to Jesus moment where Mm -hmm. I was like, what's next for me? I think around that time I was like maybe 24, 25. Mm -hmm. Um, I had dropped out of college a few times that just wasn't working for me. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to figure out how I was going to take that next step in life. Right. And I've always been a do-it-yourself kind of person. Um, If I had a vision for something, I typically saw it through my own way. Mm-hmm. And one of the things, after making a list of things I enjoy doing, which was a short list, um, one of the things I enjoyed doing was getting my hair cut. And I love the idea of an old, family-run, traditional barbershop. So I started to kind of bounce around the idea of being a barber, but even first, just owning a barbershop. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a cool thing. And in Richmond specifically, I, I couldn't find what I was visioning in my head. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find um, traditional but modern Mm-hmm. Um, it, it didn't seem to exist. And I scoured. I went everywhere. I was, I was searching, and I couldn't find it. Um, so then, after realizing that it seemed like there was that kind of void in Richmond, I, I pedaled to the metal all the way. How mm-hmm. am I going to make this happen? So 
I started an apprenticeship at the West End at a barbershop called Parkside off Broad and Cox in oh, Innsbruck. Yeah. Robert. I know Robert. Rob, yeah, yeah, Robert's a good friend of mine. Yeah. Ro- Robert's my mentor. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I didn't know that connection. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I used to go back in the day. I went there for years back yeah, then. Yeah. So I worked <clears throat> at his original shop. Mm-hmm. Had the black and white floor next to the pizza shop. Yeah. I was his um, I was his apprentice, mm-hmm. and he threw me straight into the fire. I right. didn't tell anyone I was an apprentice. <laughs> he was like, "Just cut hair, don't say anything." Right. <laughs> so I, I cut. Um, I quit selling cell phones after I got busy enough doing mm-hmm. that. Um, and all along, and I, t- I actually told him when I first started, but I don't think he really listened to me. I said, "I want to mm-hmm. own a, a barbershop one day." <clears throat> Mind right. you, I couldn't even barely cut hair. So he was like, "Yeah, whatever you say." You know. <laughs> Um, but you know, it went full speed ahead and Mm -hmm. like most things in in my life, like I was 150% committed. And then next thing you know, you know, the business plan idea starts to come to fruition and my best friend Darren became involved because he felt the vision too, because he couldn't find a place either. Mm -hmm. And I start to look around and say, okay, well, if him and I who are, you know, in our late twenties can't find anything, well, where's everyone else going? Mm -hmm. Like what's so... So we start to research and we couldn't find it. Yeah. So we decided to build it ourselves. Yeah. So um, how did the partnership with your other uh, three partners come to be? Well, exactly like I mentioned, Darren and I, you know, started figuring it out, literally wrote our business plan on the back of the the napkin at Joe's mm-hmm. and like, yeah, we're going to have this and we're going to do this, but it's going to be super simple. We're going to listen to punk rock and we're going to serve coffee and you know, everything's, <laughs> everything like made like really like cute sense, right? but it didn't really make a bunch of financial sense. We were just right. guessing, you know, right. off of what experiences that I had right. through the um, the beginnings of my apprenticeship. Mm-hmm. So, um, literally by chance, uh, I met, and our biggest obstacle was that I didn't know any other younger barbers. Mm-hmm. All the barbers I knew were, you know, in their 40s and 50s, in the twilight of their career, on their way down, mm-hmm. um, or just didn't really mesh with the vision of what the shop had. Mm-hmm. Um, so I couldn't find another barber. One day I get a phone call from somebody and he had a really funny accent and he goes, uh, David Foster, my name is Jackie Flav and I'm a licensed barber from Portland and I want to meet you. <laughs> and uh, I was like, what's up with this guy's voice? <laughs> but, um, but we ended up meeting. He saw my business card at Lamplighter, which right. is you know, another small business in the city. And um, he was looking for work too as a barber mm-hmm. and he couldn't find anything. And... Um, he had a, a friend that was, their situation was very similar to Darren's and mm-hmm. mine, where they had a business plan written, they had the vision, they couldn't find it, but they didn't know the right people, mm-hmm. and they also weren't originally from Richmond, so there was some, like, rooted networking that they didn't really have, like, really tight, mm-hmm. um, and so we, we got together and met, and it was kind of like, you know, really exciting and then also mm-hmm. scary, because I was like, well, these guys have like a real business plan. Right. They have like, you know, projections and stuff. Numbers. And- oh, yeah, they, they were like, oh, well, if we do this, we'll do this. And then, you know, we, right. have, a, we have a budget in place. And, you know, I was like, well, I'm going to have to sell everything I own right. to open this barbershop. Right. Another side note, I'm a, like a psycho sneaker collector. Right. So I was like, well, I'm going to have to sell all my Jordans and Air Maxes. And, right. you know, get, hopefully I make a couple thousand dollars, you know. Right. But these guys had it all figured out, at least, you know, on the surface. Right. So after like, probably nine months of each of us kind of courting each other, Mm -hmm. we both kind of settled down and said, you know what, like, why don't we just do this together? Mm -hmm. And, you know, we don't need to open two barbershops that will rival each other in the city. Like Mm -hmm. my goal with barbering and opening a barbershop wasn't to become a millionaire. My Mm -hmm. goal was to create 
a community space that I could spend my time in and be happy there, mm -hmm. make enough money to make a living, but be able to be myself, let mm -hmm. other people's be themselves, let other people's be themselves. Sure. And, um, you know, ingrain myself in the city that I've turned into my home. Mm -hmm. Um, so I wasn't really concerned with, well, you know, we're going to have too many partners and the pie is going to get sliced too thin. Like that wasn't right. a thing for me. And they kind of felt the same way mm -hmm. because Darren and I had a vision and we have like uh, the creative juice, I guess you mm -hmm. could say. And they had the, the reality juice, which mm -hmm. is, you know, the, the financial background, mm -hmm. um, the business vision, the get it done vision. Sure. And we're just like flying by the seat of our pants. Sure. Yeah. So how did the, I guess, if you call it a pop-up shop at Shaco Denim, that was like a way to kind of test your model to see if there was legs. Yeah. How did that, how did that happen? Well, I was approached by one of the, um, one of the guys that worked at Shaco. His mm -hmm. name is Robert Nolly. He mm -hmm. still, he still works there. And he said, Hey, you know, we're really trying to focus on our space and we have this idea to get a barber in here. Is this something that you would do? Mm -hmm. And I was all about doing it. Unfortunately, I was still an apprentice at Parkside. Mm -hmm. And, um, the way that it works as an apprenticeship is you can't work without a license unless you have mm -hmm. a barber to kind of hold your hand and be beside you. You know right. what I mean? And also I just wasn't prepared to do that at the time. Right. I, I, I still was figuring out the trade for myself. Mm -hmm. I wasn't ready to go out on my own. Um, but Jack, the mm -hmm. guy with the funny voice I was telling you about earlier, <laughs> he um, was having a really hard time finding a place in Richmond to cut hair at that he was comfortable in. Mm -hmm. And I approached him and I was like, Jack, would you consider cutting down there by yourself? This mm -hmm. could give us the opportunity to kind of build our brand. Mm -hmm. Like basically put your toes in the water, see if people are receptive to it. Right. And he was all in, he mm -hmm. was down. Uh, so he started that in the fall of 2013 mm -hmm. actually. So that was almost a year before our, our actual brick and mortar Shop opened. Open. So he worked there by himself for, I think, six to seven months. Right. And But that allowed us to get our website launched, mm -hmm. get our branding launched, um, put up advertising mm -hmm. at the shop on Meadow Street once we actually signed the lease. Mm -hmm. So we were able to kind of do this grassroots, you know, buzz build up. Right. Um, and have something behind it, not just right. a bunch of pictures and words. We actually say, well... Book an appointment with Jack right now. Um, you know, our brick and mortar coming soon. You right. Know? So he was able to become the advocate for the business. Right. While I was still out in the West End grinding. Mm -hmm. Elliot was working at a salon on Main Street, Nirvana. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, Brian and Darren were both, you know, pounding the pavement, getting ready for the shop to be built. Mm -hmm. So Darren was doing the design work with Campfire and Company. Mm -hmm. um, Brian was getting all the financing together. All the stuff that us as barbers couldn't do because we right. literally had our hands in people's heads. Yeah. So, yeah, so from the outside looking in, when you guys opened on Meadow there in the fan in 2014, from the outside looking in, it appeared that you guys had this, like, perfect blend of um, um, culture and vibe and, like, craftsmanship and, like, fun. And, and, and it I feel like it just took off really fast. Like, there was a stretch where we all, you couldn't, like – read BizSense or RTD or, you know, look, get on Facebook without seeing something about High Point. You guys got featured in some video, some uh, TV show even. Yeah. Like, just, I mean, how much of that was, like, intentional where you thought about, you know, very tactfully, you know, thought about your social media strategy and PR strategy? How much of it was just an accident, right time, right place, or right bunch of people? 
um, I think it's a, it was just like the perfect mix of all those things. Mm -hmm. You know, everything that we do is very calculated as far mm -hmm. as like PR and social media goes. Mm -hmm. the, the truth of the matter is we don't have um, an advertising budget. We don't advertise. Mm -hmm. We never have. The only time that we've ever advertised was ahead of opening our shop and then thanking people for voting us best barbershop mm -hmm. in local publications. But we've right. never taken out an ad, never had a billboard, we've never had a radio spot or mm -hmm. anything like that. I think we were able to, um, I think the electricity of the opening of the shop was able mm -hmm. to generate enough um, excitement and mm -hmm. wavelengths through the city that that just carried itself into other outlets such as the RTD articles or mm -hmm. Style Weekly or right. RVA Magazine or, um, and you know, it was just balancing that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and it, and actually, when we first opened, our biggest problem that was that we were too booked. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I remember the first week we were open, day one, we were like, "Man, it'd be great if you know if we could cut like twenty five heads today. That'd be amazing." Like right. Each of us doing six cuts, like we'd be good. And right. I think that day we did like seventy five, <laughs> and then right. maybe 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 a little bit less. But then like you know, the phones were ringing, and then the next day booked in advance. And then like three days booked in advance. And right. then within a month of us being open, we were booked about a month in advance. Right. And we were overwhelmed actually. Mm -hmm. And that was our biggest problem is we got too busy too fast. Right. So within the first year, we actually ended up adding a fifth station into mm -hmm. the shop because we opened with four chairs. We added right. a fifth station and brought on another full-time barber. And then, you know, it's just that filled up again. And then after a year and a half, it was like, we have to open another shop, <laughs> right? You know, because like, you know, we, we try not to pay too much attention to, you know, um, the, the review services like mm -hmm. Google and Yelp because, you know, everybody can say whatever they want to behind a sure. name. But the biggest, um, the biggest complaint that people were having was that they couldn't get in. Right. They couldn't book an appointment. Um, they were mad that we took appointments right. or, um, that was the word on the street, you know, and I meet somebody. And Nobody I, goes there anymore. It's too crowded. Yeah, it's yeah, too crowded. I can never get thing. in. Like, it's not worth <laughs> it. Like, I can't do that. Like, who right. who books their appointments a month in advance? And we're like, well, actually, like, 3,000 people do. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, so, you know, we had to figure it out. Sure. So, open the first location, 2014. The second location, roughly three years later. You guys opened up here. Yeah, June of we opened here almost a year ago today. June of, well, not almost a year ago about a month off, but June so of 2017. That location has five stations yep. here. You've got, what, eight? We have eight stations here, eight. yeah. And we're, we were talking before off camera, and we talked about how you guys are very careful uh, when hiring to get, get the right people, maintain to protect the culture at right. all times. Um, tell me why that's important to you, and tell me um, what how you, def you guys define your culture now. I guess the best way to describe it is if you look at the original five guys that were a part of getting this um, business started, um, we're not all cut out of the same mold. You mm -hmm. know, we didn't all, you know, go to the same college and, you know, get into the same things. We all are unique individuals with different backgrounds from different places on the East coast. Mm -hmm. And I think naturally our chemistry kind of grew, uh, because of that, because of right. that diversity. And one, we started, when we started the company, I think people were drawn to the fact that we were all different. And then Barbers were drawn to that and people were drawn to that that were interested in the trade. And they said, wow, mm -hmm. these guys are awesome. It's not just like, you know, it's not like a hipster barbershop. Like mm -hmm. that dude is literally like a jock, you know, or like <laughs> this dude is like a, you know, I don't, you know, what, whatever. Yeah. We're not just a mold. So, so we started to, to meet a lot of really interesting people. Um, mm -hmm. 
that have creative backgrounds. And I think that was the most important thing to us is we wanted people that had um, creativity and passion just kind of flowing through them. Mm -hmm. And those people naturally drawn to us because that's who we are. Right. So we started to meet amazing people like our barber, Chris Curry, who's, you know, hand makes his own clothing, you know, Mm -hmm. or um, it's just like we meet the coolest people because of you know, the vibe that just kind of naturally like organically grew out of it. Sure. So. That's cool. And so uh, you were talking earlier today that, so now you guys are full up here, full down, full down in the fan, full here. Yeah. All chairs full 24 seven. Pretty, however, pretty however crazy. Ma- Actually, yeah. we had to just recently, we had to open an extra hour every day. Right. So now we're open from eight to seven every weekday. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Saturdays, we're open until 3 now. So right. we open at 8 a.m. every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, we're able to finally now, with the amount of barbers that we have, throw some flex scheduling in there. Mm-hmm. So some guys work 8 to 5. Some guys work 10 to 7. Right. But prior to that, everyone was just grinding the whole way through 9 to 7 every day. Right. Um, but we've got people that work here that have families, people that have hobbies outside of here. Mm-hmm. It was really important for us to concern ourselves with the longevity of the career of our barbers. Mm -hmm. So we said, you know what, let's give everyone the ability to back off a little bit on the hours they're working and Mm -hmm. get some flex going here. And and it's it's been great. Yeah. That's awesome. It's it's really been fun watching the the brand evolve and develop, but location one, location two here in Scott's edition. And uh, are there future locations uh, in the, in the hopper? Yeah, maybe, you know, um, that's a question. As soon as we open this one, you know, day two is when's the next one opening? Right. When's the third one? And yeah. I think everyone would agree that our goal was to get both shops fully, um, operational, mm-hmm. all chairs. I mean, maximize the amount of work we can do without killing ourselves mm-hmm. and then really take a look back and take a look at the numbers and say, okay, how are we doing? Um, does it make sense for us to pursue mm-hmm. this in another avenue mm-hmm. in another part of the city or right. in another city altogether? Right. Um, and that's something that we're going to probably analyze at the end of year one. Um, yeah. Like I said, we just got this this shop full in the past basically 60 days. Mm-hmm. So I think everyone would agree we want to see how this goes throughout the summer and fall right. and, and get a real picture of what the numbers look like, what our barbers feel like, mm-hmm. and if it makes sense for us to, you know, drive down that avenue. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it seems to be, you guys are approaching, in my opinion, the right way of, of ambitious, growing, yet a bit careful and deliberate to make sure you guys uh, take one step forward and not a step right. forward, step back. And so that, that's, that's great. So um, we, we like to uh, close each of these uh, with a kind of barrage of questions about things, all things Richmond. So I'll just start firing them at you. Yeah. Um, favorite restaurant in Richmond? There's so many good restaurants in Richmond. Yeah. Um, you can name one. You can name a couple if you want. If you want to. Okay. Um, classic go-to if my mom's coming to town is going to be Edo's or Stella's. Okay. Love them both. I'm really excited about Stella's new market in the handcraft building. Yeah. I'm going there a lot. It's awesome. Yeah. But that's not a restaurant. Can never deny Cuba Cuba. Yeah. Um, and I've got to show love to the Roosevelt. Um, southbound that whole uh, Laura Lee's yep those are those are top contenders for me sure um, so uh, name a business in Richmond that you have a business crush on I know I'm sure a lot of people have a business crush on High Point is there wow. a company out there that uh, you just really admire for what they're doing in the Richmond area oh wow that's a great question um, it, you might not think of this as like a 
the their business model is different, but I, I have like nothing but love for round two. Yeah. Um, I've watched those kids grow that shop and that business from a storage space to right. now they've got a location in New York City in Hollywood. And they're opening one in South Beach next month. You tell the viewers what Round Two does. Yeah, yeah. So Round Two started as like a uh, vintage consignment for sneakers and like collectibles mm-hmm. and like sportswear and urban mm-hmm. wear, streetwear, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just started out of like a passion project with three guys that I think they were all VCU students at the time, mm-hmm. but they um, they just loved that stuff. And mm-hmm. I connect with that because I also love that stuff. Right. Um, but yeah, they started, um, down on, in Jackson Ward, like mm-hmm. on main street or on broad street. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they've just blown up. Yeah. And, uh, this year actually Sean, one of the owners won a contest of being a designer of a sneaker, mm-hmm. made a Nike Air Max collaboration that he designed himself. That's one of the most popular shoes in the world right now. Right. You know, you, you have to admire that as a, right. as someone, you know, looking at creative people, that's, that's pretty up there. So that's, yeah. that's probably the your business, local business crush? Kind of a local. I mean, I guess they're not really local anymore, but yeah. um, definitely a local business crush. But there's plenty of admirable businesses in Richmond that I sure. I look up to. No questions asked. CrossFit RVA is my gym. I love that oh, business. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. How about uh, local musical act? Are you still in the music scene at all locally? You have a band or musician that you're a fan of here? Yeah. Actually, I book a music festival here. Okay. Um, I've done it for 12 years. Which one's that? It's called United Blood. Okay. It uh, takes place at Canal Club. Mm-hmm. Um, I bring in like probably we bring in like 35 to 40 bands every year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still hardcore mm-hmm. heavy. Um, so I'm still very involved in the music scene in mm-hmm. Richmond in that respect. Um, uh, but a local music crush down to nothing, mm-hmm. amazing, uh, Richmond hardcore band that I've been friends with since I was 17, still going drummer is, uh, ER doctor has, uh, a wife and child and still tours the world. Yeah. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, so last question. So you've uh, you got a friend who wants to visit Richmond for the first time. They're gonna come on a Friday, leave on a Sunday, and you're gonna show them the city over the weekend. What do you do with? Where do you take that person? Where do you what do you show them? If it's in the summer, we're gonna go to Pipeline first. Okay. We're gonna dive off the rocks into the river there and <laughs> okay. ride down the rapids. Um, we'll go get coffee um, at any of the great coffee shops in Richmond, Lamplighter. Mm-hmm. Probably try to get them to get a Richmond tattoo, absolute <laughs> art. Sure, yeah. Um, or Black Rabbit in the museum district. Um, what else are we going to do? Probably go to my gym, work yeah. out and sweat a little bit, CrossFit RVA. Yeah. And um, I've never been to the uh, rooftop at the Court Hotel, so maybe I'll take them there. Sure. We'll go check out the new museum, the ICA. Yeah. Pretty awesome. I yeah. got there the opening weekend. And... Um, Hopefully they bring a bike and we take a ride on the Capitol Trail. Cool. And then before they leave on Sunday, any particular brunch spot you're going to hit before you leave town? Before they leave town? Oh, man. Um, I love Helen's. Yeah. Helen's brunch is phenomenal. Best pancakes I've ever had in my life. Sure. Well, yeah, man. Well, thank you for having me at your shop, man. If you haven't been to High Point, uh, either location, please come check it out. Uh, great barbershop, great vibe, great dude. So uh, thanks for having me, man. Really appreciate it. Duke, thank you. Yeah, can appreciate I get my it. shave now? Oh, yeah, time. Yeah, Yeah, let's go. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah.